Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Monday, February 26th, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc., Ian Cameron. We've got our Monday guest, Brett Skalski, with us, and we've got our old friend with us today, Ray Bryce, a longtime friend of the show, now Wolf Blimey and that playing over in England, jolly old England for Manchester Storm. We'll talk about that, the hockey season that it's been for him so far, but also an exciting new bit and hectic, believe me, with what he's been telling me, new business venture that Ray is getting off the ground as well. Uh, Ray, welcome back to the show. How are things? Yeah, thanks for having me. Things are good. Uh, a little bit of an adjustment here in Manchester. Been here about 25 days now, uh, but it's been good so far. Uh, really good organization, and guys are really good, and team's been doing well lately, which is also helpful. So. Yeah, that's and like I said, now talk about the uh, change for you, uh, Ray, because we had you on in the summer, player suite interview. You're ready to go to Hungary to start your uh, NHL, or not your NHL, your hockey season uh, over there. Yeah, <laughs> we're reaching for the stars right now for you there. But no, Hungary is where you wanted to start, the, where you started the season. Things didn't go well. You went to Germany. You were in, I believe, the second or the third league there. Uh, in Germany for a little bit. And then now you find yourself in England for the EIHL. And we've had a bunch of people on this show that have played in that UK league. Uh, clearly, it's uh, something you find is a better situation for you and you're enjoying it a whole lot more, correct? Yeah, no, it's been it's been a lot better. It's nice playing on a competitive team and the hockey's a lot better too, which is nice. Um, you know, you can only have three imports in the German league. So uh, you can have 15 that play here. Um, and, and got a lot of guys with a really good career resume pro resume and whatnot i think we have two first rounders in our team, which is uh which is pretty cool but uh yeah it's been really good um i don't need a car here the rink is a two minute walk our gym is two minute walk all the stores are we're pretty much right in the town center of uh all trincham which is a little bit outside of manchester but um it's a good good setup and, and i'm having fun so far so and you said the team's been winning. You're in a better situation. I think you're thriving personally, so it's great to see that. Uh, and uh, you're certainly – that's keeping you busy enough, right? Moving here, there, and everywhere. This is now the third different country that you've played in for a league this year. Uh, and if that's not busy enough for you, you are starting a new business. And uh, certainly I've seen you promote it, and uh, certainly that's part of the reason why we're getting you on particularly today so that you can talk about this. It's Bryce Hockey Development. How did this idea come about, uh, and what are the goals that you have in mind for this new business of yours? Yeah, and I appreciate you giving me the platform to talk about this. I, uh, one of my goals for this is to create a video of kind of why and whatnot, and that will come further down the road and kind of what we do. But, uh, yeah, so it's kind of came about. I, uh, you know, come from an area that's very hockey-laden and, um, you know, it's the primary sport in in, in, in in the area there in the whole UP. Um, but for me, there's not a ton of resources with skill development. Um, I had a great resource, uh, two ex-pros that played at Michigan Tech, um, came back to Houghton and, and were able to train us. So that was really my only resource of strength and conditioning. Other than that, there's not a ton of resources with that. Um, just advising. And so kind of got this idea to start this and started working on something that kind of came to fruition and 
Um, I've started to promote it on social media and it's done well so far. I'm excited about that. And uh, now my next goal is getting this website launched, which is March 18th, just getting the launch off the ground. Um, the business is primarily going to have five areas. Um, kind of my remote options. Well, you can do remote strength and conditioning, um, advising. Uh, I'd like to advise players and, and kind of get into the, you know, the niche of midget AAA and junior A. I'm going to do on ice skill development. Um, and then something that we're also working on is a, a summer hockey camp for two weeks up in, up in Houghton. And then um, our fifth thing is, is going to be um, we're working, lost my track out there. Um, so we're doing the advising, the strength coaching. Um, and we're, the fifth thing we're going to do is video coaching. So players can send their clips in and stuff like that. And we sit down with them and, and go over kind of their game and, and whatnot. So I'm um, looking forward to doing all those things and, and kind of our, our mantra is a, a comprehensive skill hockey development service. So that's excellent. Like you were basically going to be like this all in one resource to help hockey players, you know, further their game, further their, develop, you know, their skills, uh, whether it's on ice instruction, whether it's video instruction, remote, if they can't be there you know, in the, uh, in that particular area, out in Michigan, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In the summer, primarily focusing on strength and conditioning, skill development, and then our summer camp. And then in the season, obviously doing the, the video review coaching and the, the uh, advising for the players. So I'm um, looking forward to it and it should be exciting. And you know what, Ray, the important thing about this new business too, is you got to bring hire people and work with people to help you out here that you trust uh, that you believe in and that you think are going to give you the best chance for success. Look at this show, for instance, the ice guys, Alex B Smith was one of my, was what was my first choice basically to be part of this show. And look where we are seven years later, we're still doing this thing and it's highly successful and it's been growing and growing and growing. You got to have the trust in the people that you bring in to your operations. So I guess that's been a big part of this building up to the launch, right? You got to find some people to help you out with this. Yeah. And, um, obviously it's going to be kind of a wave. Sometimes we're going to be really busy. Obviously I'm probably going to have to hire, um, I'm looking at 10 to 12 people right now for the summer hockey camp. And then, um, I've got a really good friend that I work with, uh, up in Houghton and we've kind of done stuff like this in the past, um, more so not non official business. Um, so, so we're going to work together. I've got another really good friend. That's a division three college coach at goalie. He's going to work with us. Um, and, and like I said, then we're going to have to hire some people for camp and, and whatnot. And, Hopefully this grows and, and going to see a need for more employees in the future is kind of my goal. Um, you know, got some partners right now that we're working with. I'm working with my agency in, in Europe here, uh, you know, kind of facilitating player movement back and forth between North America and Europe. And then I'm also working with an old agent that I had, and he currently works for Gold Star. Not an official partner of us, but, uh, you know, just kind of working with him and, and taking on clients that maybe he can't take on. And, and if my clients become big enough, hope to pass them along to to them. So. Um, kind of gotten some gotten some traction uh, in the ball rolling, but uh, lots to be done still. And, and hopefully, you know, it does well after the website launch as well. So, no, no, there's no doubt this is a big undertaking as it is for. I know Matt Carey was on the show from right here in Hamilton with us last year during the playoffs, and he's doing the exact same thing you're doing: hockey skills development, hockey training, and he's putting in 12, 14 hour work days, like seven days a week. It's like nonstop for him. It cost him a relationship, I think, too, in the process. Yeah, no, it's, it's been very busy and just dealing with all like you got the business side of things, and then the hockey side and the marketing. So you're kind of doing all the things at once. 
And I'm also taking a personal training class so I can become like me, me and Alex here. We're doing it. We're, we, we do all our own work here for this show. So yeah, yeah. join the club. Right. Exactly. Just, <laughs> uh, and I'm taking this personal training class to, so I can become a certified personal trainer and, um, train the kids off the ice. You know, it looks better to have that certification and whatnot. Um, so yeah, big undertaking, but, uh, I think I gave myself enough time for this website launch and now I'm starting to push it a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of gave myself 50 days to, to have the whole website and platform launched. And, um, now my goal up to website launches is just to kind of promote the social media pages and, and kind of what we do. And then when the website launches, hopefully mm-hmm. there's a lot of site traffic and whatnot that, uh, that can, you know, purchase our services and, and what we do. So. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to share all of those links with uh through our Twitter page at the underscore ice guys. Me personally at AXM Sports. I know Ian at Bobano Bets as well. So Okay, awesome. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate that. So and look, we've got great reach. That's the great thing about our show. We're almost at five thousand subscribers on YouTube. I did have twenty four thousand followers at one point until that account just got all screwed up, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, lost it, and now it's been suspended because they shut it down because there's someone that was hacking it that hacked it and is basically spamming crypto stuff out of it. So that account's been shut down. So we had to start from scratch at this point, but we, I still have reach. I'll get those followers back. It'll take me a little while, but yeah. you know. So we do have the reach. The p- point is, Ray, we've got the reach to help you out, try to build this business for you, uh, and uh, try to get it off and running to uh, a good success. And I'm just looking at that little town there, Houghton, Michigan, 8,000 people, just not, not even 9,000 people, the population. My, my little yeah. town outside of Hamilton's got like triple that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty small. Um, the county and the surrounding counties have some more. I'm guessing there's probably about 50 to 60,000 people. But uh, like I said, there's a lot of hockey players and teams. And um, there's been some prominent players that have come out of there in the past and, and um, you know, with Michigan Tech there as well, it's it's definitely helps. Um, but like I said, it, it lacks resources in, in this skill development. And, um, you know, a lot of parents are gracious enough to offer their time and whatnot. And no knock on them. They they just haven't seen the resources that the hockey world has to offer or, you know, can't offer them because of their own, you know, value themselves. So, um, you know, my, my hope is to outreach that. And then, you know, you guys promoting that promoting us you know my my goal is to get advising clients all over north america and and you know in europe with the, the partnership there so um that'll be exciting and and you know try to get this growing and and you know five to ten years really move it and it, hopefully like i said hire more employees and, and advanced locations and whatnot so it should be exciting it, it sounds like it. And like I said, I like that your plan is, yeah, we want to, you know, grow the, uh, the, the, the game and grow the ability to develop players in your town, your area there in Michigan around Houghton, because you're right. Suburb hockey development is critical. You know, there's so many jet diamonds in the rough that can probably play at a pretty decent level outside of your big city slickers, if you will, outside of your toronto's and your new york's and like obviously detroit big city in michigan but you know go to the burbs you're gonna find you know uh diamonds in the rough and uh, if they just have those resources you know to work on their craft uh, which they don't always have when they're away from a major city you know and that's where a business like yours ray steps in and provides that right and that's kind of my goal you know you look at an area like detroit for example there's so many resources and training facilities and former NHL players that live around the area that do the same type of thing and, um, you know, offer their, their experience and their uh, expertise and 
their knowledge to players. Our area doesn't really have that. Sure, there's a lot of guys that have moved back that have played at Michigan Tech, but they have other jobs. They do other things. My goal is to kind of, you know, hopefully someday is this my full-time job, right? So I can, you know, give back and, and offer my resources to, to younger players in the next generation. So This is a great undertaking, and uh, we definitely are, wish you well with it. Again, March 18th is the launch date, uh, Bryce Hockey Development, uh, and uh, definitely we wish Ray all the best moving forward uh, with that. Um, so with that Thank in you. mind, uh, Brett, let's get Brett in here. We haven't had a chance to get any words yet from Brett. How was the weekend for you, Brett, uh, and uh, uh, how was the uh, hockey weekend for you? Not only your team that you're coaching, but the NHL stuff. Yeah, it's going good. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've been able to get on just because of our own travel and tournaments and whatnot, but uh, it's going well. I think uh, the weekend was a good one NHL-wise for me. Yesterday, not so great, but Saturday was a real good day. Uh, as far as our team, you know, we're, we're clicking, we're rolling, we're hunkering down. A lot of video sessions, a lot of practice getting ready for our districts coming up in two weeks and hopefully nationals after that. So looking for a hot end to, you know, looking to end the season. You're looking to be the time. Florida Panthers of this girls league right now is get hot at the right time, right? <clears throat> yep. We're playing well. So no reason we can't, we just have to uh, hope the injury bug stays away. Hopefully uh, teachers don't get too mad with missing too much school and, and keep buzzing. Yeah, keep buzzing is exactly what you wanted. And, again, you want to be playing your best uh, this time of year, uh, and that's that's probably the goal for you is just making sure uh, they're in a position to put their best hockey on the ice uh, in the upcoming weeks, especially, as you mentioned, when the districts uh, come around. Uh, there's teams that need to start putting their best hockey on the ice in the NHL uh, right now, and with that, we'll take a look back at yesterday, and the New Jersey Devils are not one of those teams putting their best hockey on the ice right now. A 4-1 to loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, on Sunday, uh, very disheartening, and I know they beat Montreal on Saturday, but you know you got to build on this, and you got to put wins together if you're the Devils and you're in the spot that they're in trying to get back into the playoff race. And Philadelphia, uh, Brett's Flyers, uh, is the uh, closest team that New Jersey can catch right now. And New Jersey's not doing themselves any favors. It was a horrendous game from them yesterday. They basically got outplayed. The power play was awful again. Uh, and New Jersey with a 4-1 to loss to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they made Jonas Johansson look like Vasilevsky. <laughs> You know, quite honestly, yeah. yesterday with just how weak uh, that effort was. So very disheartening. Uh, more fire Lindy chance. And there's people writing that follow this team, the Devils, that are calling for Lindy to get fired. There's people that write daily, beat writers for the Devils that are saying, it's time now. Make a change. There's people criticizing Tommy Fitzgerald, saying, why haven't you gotten a goalie yet? Apparently, we're reading some things today that there was a deal potentially in place for uh, New Jersey to get UC Soros a couple weeks ago, we know they were in on Jacob Markstrom for a bit, and yet none of those came to fruition. Fitzgerald's catching a little heat and scrutiny for that. Why haven't you moved on a goaltender? So things are really not in a good way right now for the New Jersey Devils. Not enough pushback. Did you, did anyone notice Jack Hughes playing yesterday? Awful. I mean, just not enough impact from him uh, yesterday. <clears throat> I can't complain about Heeshear. He's trying. He's giving it his all. His effort's been pretty good to Foley, but we need more out of the Jack Hughes in particular. He hasn't had a good last little bit for the Devils, and again, a 4-1 loss there. Crazy game with the uh, Flyers and Penguins, the second TNT game. 7-6 Penguins, uh, a wild back-and-forth affair. 
you know, it was absolutely awful to see the uh, uh, defense at times from both teams. And Cal Peterson was just, you know, some of those goals, the multiple goals that Cal Peterson gave up yesterday were just horrendous. They can't go in. Uh, and Pitt, Philadelphia kept battling back for the guy, and he kept giving up a back-breaking goal. And that was the uh, basically the pattern throughout that game. But the Penguins, not pretty, but they get a big two points that they desperately needed. Uh, seven to six, they get the job done uh, over the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Winnipeg with a 4-3 win against Arizona. That was a spectacular game for us, Alex, with the uh, over trifecta. Uh, first period over, both teams to score, a uh, full game over. Uh, Alex's uh, best bet was the first period over in that Arizona-Winnipeg game. I was stunned that total was five and a half. And the uh, one and a half was just barely even money. I know Winnipeg tends to play good defensive hockey, low scoring hockey, but this Arizona team isn't right now. They're giving up goals left and right. You saw that again yesterday against uh, Winnipeg, especially early in the game. Uh, it continues to be a problem. They dig themselves such a hole, Arizona, early in the game just because of how bad their defense has been. And the goaltending struggle, too. Ingram's kind of fallen back down to earth, but I think it's more of a product of the bad play in front of them. Uh, but the Jets did, you know, to Arizona's credit, they pushed back strong, tied the game, but the Jets end up winning it 4-3 with a Kyle Connor goal uh, in overtime. Uh, we saw Buffalo, a great win for the Sabres, man, against a very good Carolina team. Uh, they tied it late 2-2. They actually outplayed the uh, Hurricanes, especially in the third period, and then they get the uh, shootout win 3-2 over the Carolina Hurricanes. 4-2 Columbus beating the New York Rangers. I think we all kind of suspected that could be a tricky spot for New York. The gauntlet that they ran playing the Stars, the Devils, the Island, the Islanders, the Stars, the Devils, and the Flyers. Four huge games for them since last Sunday's stadium series game, and they kind of fell flat. The defense wasn't nearly as good, and Columbus took advantage of it, snapping the Rangers' double-digit win streak. Uh, and the Jackets get a 4-2 win against the uh, Rangers. We got two-thirds of the over trifecta there. We got a push on the full game, which the, with the total landing on six. Uh, speaking of landing on six, the best bet for me landed on six in Nashville, Anaheim, 4-2 Predators. Uh, they got the job done, a sweep of L.A. Uh, and Anaheim, in, uh, or San Jose and Anaheim, I should say, in back-to-back games this weekend. A nice win for them to keep their uh, wild-card hopes alive. And, of course, the... Highlight of the day, if you will, Detroit-Chicago, Chris Chelios is number seven uh, in the rafters of the United Center. And what ended up being a very entertaining hockey game for Alex and I was also a nice profitable one, thanks to the draw at plus 360 coming through with the uh, game going to overtime 2-2. And then basically the ending that you knew could happen. and But even I wasn't totally sure it would happen. But uh, sure enough, it did. It could only be that an overtime game with the Red Wings and the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane's return to Chicago for the very first time. It simply had to end with something special. And man, did it ever. It was such a great you know, moment. I don't know if Alex will totally agree on that because of who they were playing. But uh, nevertheless, Patrick Kane, as Alex so eloquently stated on Twitter yesterday, that's still his house. And he showed you why. Uh, yesterday with the uh, spectacular moment here it is and uh, just I think one of the calls of the season from any broadcaster from Kenny Daniels on the uh, Valley Sports Detroit Red Wings broadcast of that game but here it is the moment that we all saw yesterday Patrick Kane and the fairy tale ending in his return to Chicago Look out here! Look at this! Look at this! Front ice. It's Patrick Kane in Chicago! Oh my. oh my God! Kane with the overtime winner! The Red Wings win it 3-2! 
The story is complete. Hawkins return to Chicago. You are showtime for sure. They are on their feet here in appreciation of the old and the new Patrick Kane behind Chris Chelios, the star of the day. And Patrick Kane will be the last one off the ice as he's going to acknowledge that this crowd is. He'll let the guys go first. Oh, you can see my. how happy they are for him. Patrick Kane. Again, now he can do his lap. If a picture says a million words, that's it. Nothing more to add but that. That was uh, that was something. And uh, Alex, I can only imagine all the emotions of the day and that game and that ending in particular for you. Yeah. Well, one, uh, you know, we don't have pre-production on this show, so I clearly didn't know you were going to show that again. Um, you know, it's it, it's a it's a bittersweet moment. It, it's 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 the epitome of bittersweet, to be honest. I'm happy for Patrick Kane, obviously. Um, a wonderful hockey player, obviously the greatest Chicago Blackhawk of all time. And like I said, it's still his house, the United Center. His heirness, Michael Jordan, built it, and Sir Patrick fucking Kane renovated it and brought three championships to the city and will forever be grateful for that. Uh, you know, to, to speak on the actual, the ceremony and how everything was put on by the Blackhawks organization, top notch. I have to give them that. The way that they do their retirement ceremonies, I know I was there for Pierre Pilat and Keith Magnuson. I grew up watching when they retired Savard and, and when they brought gave the, the uh, numbers back to uh, Hall and Esposito and Hall when they closed down Chicago Stadium. Hawks top-notch when it comes to putting on uh, a retirement ceremony. So I cannot wait for when number 88 goes in the Raptors and number 19 and number 2. And whenever they do acknowledge Brent Seabrook, be it the Ring of Honor or whatever else, I, I will be looking forward to those moments moving forward. But to see Patrick Kane celebrating, wearing that Red Wings jersey, the the panning of the crowd to see where, you know, we, we watched the death of this rivalry. Say what you want about it. And, and, and that's the saddest thing. And that's what I said about when this, when this whole deal was made is that the rivalry – between these two organizations, it's, it's no longer the same now. And and you can say, well, there's always been players intertwined. There was Bob Probert, there's Chris Chelios, but this is different. This would be Steve Eiserman showing up in a Hawks uniform. That that's where this is, and and, and I'm sure there's some Red Wings fans they cringe at the at the absolute thought of that. But that's exactly what that was last night. So to see Hawks fans jumping up and down cheering for a Detroit Red Wings overtime win, when I was in that building in October 6, 2007 with my father watching Patrick Kane score the shootout goal past Dominic Hachik, giving the Hawks the win against the Red Wings. It, it doesn't sit right with me. It will never sit right with me. It just won't. That was a bizarre scene. Like, I'm seeing, you saw the lady there in the Blackhawk jersey. She's jumping up and down. She's going nuts. The, the Detroit Red Wings. 
that the, the never mind Patrick Kane. We know what he means to Chicago, and he's an all timer. He's going to be his. He will be up in the rafters one day there in Chicago. But it's still the Detroit Red Wings that he played for, and he won that game for. And it doesn't resonate, Alex. That's what we've been saying on this show in the past. It doesn't resonate with the younger generation. How heated and how bitter the Red Wings Blackhawks rivalry was thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, forty years ago. And now it's just, you know what, he's Patrick Kane. We got to cheer it. We got to cheer it on, even though we love our Chicago Blackhawks, even if he is playing for Detroit. So that rivalry and the hatred you're supposed to have for that team, it doesn't resonate now. It just doesn't. And, and, I mean, it, it, and, and here's the thing. No no rivalry is safe. You know, yeah. we, we, t- we, we love the Battle of Alberta. We love the Battle of Ontario. We love Habs and, 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 and Bruins. But Leaf no Band, do you want to see Austin Matthews in a Canadian's jersey one day? It, it, you know, it, 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 it's the same thing, but but for some reason, it doesn't carry over now. Like I said, this this is a, a newer generation. Despite the fact that we had those years in the '90s and, and 2000s, and we're talking about people my age and, and and younger and a little bit older that still remember those cantankerous back and forth battles, but it it, it didn't mean much, and, and now it's pretty much at rest. So that's an original six rivalry that is definitely or being the longest one in NHL history. It's certainly not the strongest one in NHL history at this point in my eyes. That's the point. I, uh, that's hard for me to get past. There were people cheering that were Blackhawk fans in that building last night for that. I get it. It's Patrick Kane. But what if Crosby all of a sudden says, you know, to hell with this in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm sick of us, <laughs> you know, spinning our wheels. Get me out of here. And he gets and he ends up in Philadelphia. He comes back to Pittsburgh wearing a Flyers jersey and he wins the game in overtime. You know, uh, and then there's Penguins fans in the building cheering Sidney Crosby, you know, winning the game for the dreaded, hated Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, to me, there's a bit of that that just feels and looks and sounds totally absurd, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's what the younger generate. The younger generation is not, you know, feeling those old school rivalries or, you know, just really it's not in the pit of their gut. You know, that our our hatred of the Detroit Red Wings does not override our love for Patrick Kane. And that's clearly what we saw yesterday. Like, uh, in like I said, like I, I texted uh, from the program, Sammy P, and I put it on Facebook. I said, I'd rather be a cold dead thing than the Detroit Red Wings. There you go. And that's right. Well said. Uh, I know you're over there in the UK, five-hour time difference, Ray, but did you get a chance to catch any of that, even on highlights, that Red Wings-Blackhawks uh, game with Patrick Kane's return? Yeah, I watched a little bit of the highlights. Um, I actually – I think was that later was it a later game? Yeah, yeah it was six PM Eastern. Well, it was a 11, five five fifteen local. So yeah, so it's kind of a earlyish start for yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a so that would be a, a midnight start time for me. Um, yeah, I, uh, or eleven eleven o'clock. Sorry, yeah, I, I wasn't able to watch it. I actually my uh, a guy I played with at school made his debut with the Devils. Um, yesterday so i watched that game that was the only game that i was able to catch um but no i, I watched the highlights that was a pretty cool ending honestly and um i watched a, a little bit of the chelios uh, retirement ceremony as well so yeah no that's uh that's excellent no, you, so the, uh, so you had a friend of yours oh it must have been um brian hallinan uh, right he was yeah the, i know he was the guy making his debut yesterday that's the guy yeah. right yeah that was him yeah yeah, I thought he played well too. I only was able to watch the last two periods, but uh, I didn't get a ton of ice in the third. But in the second, I thought he played well, and um, 
Yeah, it's it's cool to see that guy work extremely like when I was around him, like one of the hardest working guys I've ever seen, if not the hardest. Um, like crazy shot power and, and you know, completely deserve that. I was reading comments online and stuff like that of people like distaste for for getting him getting called up and stuff like that. I was like, I don't think you guys know what type of player he is. Like his he's got an NHL shot, an NHL shot when he was a freshman in college. Like uh, he's gonna be a full time NHL player, I think. You know, it's not like what the Devils are doing right now is working anyway. So yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> he put on that uh, left flank on the power play. He's got an absolute bomb of a one timer. So um, you know, maybe he'll work his way in there in a couple weeks but uh yeah it's good to see and buddy played well and happy for him so we know you got to run in five minutes so before we let you go ray we'll just get your just overall thoughts on the league right now teams and players that are impressing you anything you want to talk about what stands out to you yeah, that, really uh, that? no that's that's good um yeah just every like a, the time change is tough to watch a lot of games here um i've got a couple of like a good friend from school lucini's up with the wild right now um last nice, time yep. at least um so I uh, try to follow those guys and, and follow along. Um, the league right now is – and I, I mainly follow the East. Um, you know, the, the two teams, I, I really was focused on the three teams, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit. Um, Detroit seems to be a playoff team and, and could do some serious damage in the playoffs. Um, from, you know, what I've seen, I've tried to follow them along. And, um, yeah, and, and Florida is a, is, is a force to be reckoned with. Um, but, but I think it's going to be – um, you know, like Pittsburgh has surprised me a little bit and I'm surprised they haven't fired Sullivan. Um, you know, I, I thought they would be higher up in the standings. Um, you know, I, I see it being a nine team race for, for eight seeds in the East. Um, I haven't followed along in the West, obviously what McKinnon is doing and is like 26 home point streak at home or something like that is, is incredible. I always see him torching and those games are even harder for me to watch. Cause like a two, 2 a.m. start time here. Well, the 10 p.m. Eastern is 3 a.m. Right. It's, it's tough to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Dallas has done well. Winnipeg is scary. Um, you know, and, and Arizona's fallen off. That's one team that I wanted to see make it, uh, just, you know, with all the constraints of the arena and stuff like that. And they've had a tough go there. But, uh, yeah, I think it's been a really exciting year. Um, you know, I think the NHL did a really good job with the All-Star game. Um, you know, I think it was better, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the well-deserved recognition there. And um, it's been a really good product on the ice. And, and the NHL seems every year, you know, to be getting better and better. And um, it seems more – there's less parity in the league. And, and it seems that uh, every night there's more compete. And and just the overall flag or the talk around the game and, and how much you see it, it seems to grow – you know, the game seems to be growing – um, even the women's game too, right? And the NHL has yeah, done a good job right. marking that, which is exciting. So, um, yeah, it it's, it's cool to see. And I think the state of the NHL is in a really good spot. The one thing I would like to see is the players get a little more money, and um, because their valuation of things is going up, I, I think the players deserve a little bit more now. Um, yeah. Even though they're multimillionaires compared to other professional athletes, they don't make that much. Um, you know, so. But yeah, That's overall, it's, it's what they make compared to, especially basketball and baseball, baseball players. It's sickening. It's yep. sickening to be right. So yeah, I think they deserve deserve a little bit more, and um, I, I'm sure that's going to be a huge argument point in the next CBA. I think that's coming up soon. So, 
um yeah it's it's really exciting and and this stretch is is going to be uh is going to be fun and one dark spot about the league it seems a lot of players doing the player assistance program this this year right you know i no that's yes that is true you know, I, and that's a good thing in a sense, but it seems like it's happening more than it ever has in the past. And maybe they're just marketing it more and it just seems to. It's a bad thing they're in that situation that they need the assistance, but it's a good thing they're getting it. And it's a good thing that there's an outlet for them to get the assistance. Right. That's, it it seems like true. it's happening more so than it has in the past. Um, and maybe that I haven't seen it as much or, um, and that could be the case too. But yeah, like I said, the state of the league is really good and, um, I'm excited to see even five years uh, see another team in the league, I'm guessing. And, and um, you know, I think these playoffs are going to be really exciting. And, and like I said, there's not a ton of parity in the league. Like I think there's going to, there could be potentially be an eight, eight beat one seed, um, eight seed beats one, a one seed. So yeah, looking forward to it. And um, that's kind of my synopsis on everything. That's good. Good. Uh, well, well said. And I'll say this one last thing too. We've, uh, before you leave is that uh, we've seen an uptick in intensity in these games. Like there's, it's getting rough, excuse me, rougher, more physical, tons of fights this weekend. Now, obviously Matt Rempe's the headliner with his two fights. There are others too. I mean, so it is getting, you know, it's getting ornery teams are getting, it's getting heated because the points are valuable. Uh, the games are becoming more important and that's great uh, for the league, in my opinion. No, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting and i think like the month of march here is is gonna i'm gonna i'm really curious to see what's gonna happen with some of the bubble teams in their trade um you know you talked about soros and markstrom going to jersey jersey really needs a goalie um i I just saw another thing gensel i think could see him move right he will be yeah i I think vancouver's made great moves um you know trading away kuzmenko and getting zadorov and and um is it Lindholm? Yep. Or no, um, Lindholm to Vancouver. Pick up? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, excited to see what happens at the deadline and excited to see what teams uh, make moves. So, yeah, no question. I'm, I'm with you there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at the deadline. The deadline is not that far away. We're talking a little bit more than one month from now, or one week from now. Uh, March 8th uh, is when we are going to have the. Um, uh, trade deadlines, so that's going to be a great to uh, see what happens and what transpires and how these teams uh, that are in playoff and Stanley Cup contention uh, improve themselves uh, by March 8th and that trade deadline. Uh, Ray, it was great catching up with you. Uh, we want to wish you all the best getting this new business, Bryce Hockey Development, off the ground, and we'll definitely uh, stay in touch and we'll get yeah. you back on down the road. No, I'd love to jump on when I have more time and hopefully, you know, in April there, I'll have a lot more time when it's just kind of going. So I appreciate you guys letting me use the platform to talk about it. And, yeah. um, you know, hope everything's going well with you guys. And, and thanks for having me on once again. So, All right. You too, my friend. Take care. Best of luck. And good luck the rest of the season in Manchester as well. Finish strong. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right. There he is. A uh, friend of the program right there, uh, Ray Bryce from Jolly Old England, uh, checking in with us here on the uh, Ice Guys show for this Monday. All right. Uh, Brett. Uh, anything you wanted to say about yesterday? No, that was it. Story, uh, like you guys said, called out the Patrick Kane storybook ending for him, getting that spotlight on him at the uh, overtime, and you nailed it with uh, Cal Peterson. Jesus, he was terrible yesterday. Wasn't that bad? That was tough. So I watched that game. It was, he was, yeah. I was just, how does that go in? 
he was terrible. He was terrible. So, uh, and like like Ray said, the next couple of weeks are going to be really interesting with some of these teams leading up to the trade deadline to figure out who they are and if they're buyers or sellers. Yep, exactly. And uh, you're right, Cal Peterson. I, I want to almost try to erase that from my memory that I watched that. It was just such an atrocious performance in that. They didn't help him out. It wasn't the greatest defensive game either from the Flyers, but a couple of those you'd like to you see. You score goal. six goals, you should win. There you go. Simple as that. Yep. It's hard to argue with that. No question about it. All right, let's get to Monday. We've got four games on the slate. It was a great day overall, betting-wise, for the most part yesterday. See if we can carry that over to today or tonight on this Monday slate. Ottawa Senators, Washington Capitals. Got Ottawa minus 140 road favorites, uh, six and a half the total here in this game. I'm already on Ottawa, albeit the price has kind of gotten away a little bit, but uh, this team's feeling it right now. They're playing uh, very well. They're going through this uh, surge that, you know, I kind of thought, you know, a month ago I remember saying there's going to be a point when Ottawa puts a little bit of a run together. There's going to be some money to be made backing this team. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They've won three of their last four. They beat pretty good teams out in the Western Conference at home in back-to-back games uh, against the uh, Stars and the Golden Knights. Uh, again, this line has moved a bit since I got in. Uh, on Ottawa uh, because this was open. This opened actually uh, yesterday around even money. It moved quickly to minus 120 uh, overnight, which is where I got Ottawa at minus 120. Uh, and now it's up to minus 140. So uh, again, now that it's up that high, be careful with the, where the price is now, but certainly they are a bat bet on type of squad for me. Washington's played okay the last week. I mean, they're three and one. They beat Montreal, New Jersey and Tampa. Three straight wins there, uh, lost in overtime in a hard-fought game to the uh, Florida Panthers, 3-2 in their last game. But, you know, to me, I really like what I'm seeing from Ottawa. And more importantly from Ottawa, what I really like is the way they've actually started to play better in their own zone under Jacques Martin. We were wondering if it was even possible for uh, Jacques Martin to get some better defensive play from this group. But slowly but surely, they have improved. Their, their goals against has improved quite a bit, and it's been Anton Forsberg's been a big part of that success as far as the goals against improving. He's played well. He's in net tonight for the Sens. Darcy Kemper gets the uh, start, by the way, for uh, Washington. So I do like Ottawa here at minus 140. I still recommend them. But again, there is a bit of a price difference. There's been a heavy move toward the Senators in the last 24 hours. Alex, what do you think here? Sens caps. Yeah, it's funny. It, I mean, it was really maybe like two and a half, three hours uh, where we've seen this move out because I saw a dollar twenty earlier this morning. I was doing the show Edgework actually, and uh, my colleague So Money got Ottawa minus a dollar twenty, and then that started to move rather quickly to dollar twenty-five, dollar thirty. So at a dollar forty range, personally, I, I can't play it myself. I missed the boat, uh, you know, and, and that's just the rule of thumb that I have. If I see a move twenty, thirty cents, uh, I, I, I just missed out on that. So. I, I would endorse Ottawa. Uh, maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm torn on Ottawa regulation because Washington needing the points too. And Ottawa, I mean, they're, they're just, you know, they're fighting and looking good. This could be one of those games that, that go into OT. But uh, I don't know. So this is probably going to just be a clear pass for me. I don't like the totals here either. Uh, six and a half. Washington's very streaky and erratic. You wonder sometimes if, if they can get things going in bunches or all of a sudden they just dry up and they don't score anything. Ottawa wins this thing for nothing. So this game will be a clear pass for me on the board. Some props that stand out here for me in this game. Uh, Pinto and Tarasenko on the top line. Giroux's been good lately. Josh Norris has really been solid. And I'll throw one out there right now on the blue line for uh, Ottawa. Thomas Shabbat has really, really heated up here. How about three straight games with a goal for the Ottawa Senators, the blue liner? 
uh, for this team with three straight games with a goal against Florida, Dallas, and Vegas, and five points uh, in those last three games. So uh, Thomas Shabbat for the Ottawa Senators is one of those players that right now stands out big time. Uh, He's shooting the puck a lot more because if you look at those last three games, we've seen him uh, five shots on goal in those games. Uh, He's getting the power play time. He's had over two minutes of power play time on ice in each of those three games as well. Uh, 23, 20, and 24 minutes. So Jacques Martin is riding him quite a bit uh, and heavily. So uh, definitely liking uh, Shabbat, I think, live to... I think the goal prop's worth a look, too, on Shabbat. And then for Washington, Tom Wilson, we mentioned him on the top line, and sure enough, he scored uh, in the last game for uh, Washington on that top line with Stroman Ovechkin. It looks like Mantha's day-to-day may miss this game for uh, Washington, uh, so keep an eye on that. But definitely Tom Wilson's probably my favorite prop look for the uh, Capitals. Yeah, Sonny Milano's not bad either, Cuban. He did score against Florida. He might get more ice time, especially if uh, Mantha's a no-go tonight, so... That's not a bad consideration either. Uh, Brett, what do you like here, Ottawa, Washington? Yeah, when I saw the big jump towards Ottawa, um, I actually started leaning towards Washington because now with the Flyers losing yesterday, Washington's only six points back of that last playoff spot with three games in hand. So they might try and make a run at that last playoff spot. Um but it is a very weird scheduling situation for, for Washington with coming off the road against Florida and Tampa. They're home for one game and back on the road tomorrow night. It's kind of a weird scheduling spot for them, so I'm not sure how much I trust them. The only thing I've played is uh, first period over and the first period both teams to score. Um, Ottawa's leading the league in first hitting that first period over almost 70% and uh, Washington's seven and three in the last 10 games for that first period over. So I'm on those two. I think it's minus minus one thirty for the over and plus one sixty five for both teams to score. All right, there you go. First period over first period, both teams to score uh, in that game. Um, yeah. Personally for me, I stayed off that uh, for, uh, because Ottawa did go under in their last game against Vegas and Washington did as well. Uh, against Florida, but you're right over the last 10, you're right. They have kind of trended that way. Uh, next up, we've got the New York Islanders and the Dallas stars. Uh, we've got Dallas minus minus one seventy home favorites, six and a half, the total in this game. Uh, if I'm a stars fan and I'm our, our, our buddy, Matt Robinson or any stars fan for that matter, I'm a little pissed at this schedule for Dallas. I'm more than a little pissed. This is a little bit nuts with what's happening here. Look at this. They went three on the road. One at home to Carolina. They were, let's go all the way back to the beginning of February. At Buffalo, at Toronto, at Montreal. Back home for one game. One against Carolina. You go back on the road for one at Nashville. You're back at home for one against Edmonton. You then go on the road for four at Boston, at the New York Rangers, at Ottawa, at Carolina. You're back home for one tonight against the Islanders. And you're on the road tomorrow in Denver against the Colorado Avalanche, which will be the highlight game of our BetCast uh, coming up tomorrow night. That's ridiculous. Uh, there's got to be, and I know there's building conflicts every season in every building. I get that. There's got to be something that you could do to make it better than that for the Dallas Stars from a scheduling standpoint. They've had to travel to their next game every game for the last 20 days since February the 6th, and it continues here. Back for one game, pit stop here in Dallas, and then on the road uh, again in Colorado last night. So they, this has been some rigorous travel Dallas has had to deal with. They snapped the four-game losing streak with a 2-1 win in Carolina on Saturday night. It's a very good performance again from Jake Ottinger, but no Jake Ottinger tonight for Dallas. It'll be Scott Wedgwood, which we kind of figured back-to-back. They'll save Ottinger for the showdown in Denver 
against the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night. It will be Ilya Sorokin getting the nod here for the uh, de- for the uh, New York Islanders in this game. Uh, the Islanders have just kind of cratered here in these last two games. These have not been a pair of good games that they have played. Four uh, nothing to St. Louis. Four two to Tampa. We'll see if they can rebound here in this game. It is worth noting. Uh, I'm not on a side here, not, not on Dallas at this price in this spot, coming off the road, playing four straight. This mini little, this is a tricky, dubious spot, in my opinion, for Dallas. I don't trust them, minus 170. And now you know Wedgwood's in that. Um, uh, the Islanders, you know what? I'm tempted by an Islanders team total, believe it or not, here. I could see it uh, here in this game with this being in between the Carolina end of the road trip and the big showdown with the Avalanche tomorrow night, which is kind of for first place in the uh, Central Division right now. Um, so this could be a little bit of a tricky situation here for the Islanders. I don't trust the Islanders to win the game, so this would be one of those deals where if I'm on the Islanders in any form, I'm looking more team total, which you can find here on the Islanders, over 2.5, minus 135 uh, in this game. I do think this could be uh, – it's difficult to say with the Islanders, but they did go over in the first period. I'm tempted by the over trifecta. In this game, first period over, first period, both teams to score in the full game over. But I think we might get more of the goals early uh, as opposed to late. We did see a quick first period over with Tampa and the Islanders over the weekend. So I I think we could see that. And with Dallas, they had a tight defensive-minded contest against a good defensive team. Now they play the Islanders coming back home. They could be sloppy early, and it's not like the Islanders are shutting teams down right now the way they're playing so the over trifecta to me is in play here first period over first period both teams to score and over six and a half but i defer to the earlier bets instead and last but not least i am on the draw a little bit here uh with the last two meetings going past regulation Uh, alex what do you think here islander stars yeah this is classic draw season material right here you have like you said the last two meetings going past regulation but you mentioned not only the schedule for Dallas, which that is an absolutely brutal stretch that have that four games on the road, home for one, and then not only on the road again, but then in elevation in Denver uh, and, and a much more important game against your uh, division rival that you're trying to catch in the avalanche as well. But look at the Islanders. Like you mentioned, those two games uh, on the ro- you know, on the road and then having a home game now hitting back on the road. This is kind of a tricky spot. I can see where these two teams, you know, like I said, have some energy early and then kind of lose some steam late. So I like the first period over. I'm grabbing a little bit now at one and a half minus a dollar thirty. I'll be grabbing a lot more of it in game, trying to get a plus price. I like both teams to score in the first period, and uh, I'm heavy on the draw at plus three eighty. Uh, this is definitely one of my favorites of the, of the four that's on the board tonight. Yep. And actually, there's another draw I really, really like on this card, too, which we will get to uh, in just a, a moment or later on. But, yeah, definitely, I think when you look at it, the draws live here. Tylanders draw Island. Dallas in these home games against – and, look, the Islanders are inferior to the Stars, but Dallas has gone to OT in a lot of these games this year against inferior competition on home ice. So it really wouldn't surprise and, me to see that once again. And here's the thing. Overnight. Even if you have – let's say we have 3-3 three, three after 40. Dallas has to kind of have in their minds, we can't expend a ton of, uh, of energy and then have to take off and go play Colorado. They got to ha- save a, a little bit in the tank for, for that game against the Avalanche tomorrow night in altitude on the road. If this game does get out of hand, you know, I'll, I'll be watching this one closely because I might have uh, some bigger than usual bets on, on Colorado, depending on what I see out of Dallas tonight in this contest. And I will be on, by the way, some kind of, it's going to be too heavily juiced as it always is. The second period, I will be on some kind of uh, over one and a half or over one and a half and an over two split, or maybe just take over two. 
uh, in the first intermission, but we will be on it in some fashion. Both Second period over for Dallas and both teams to score as well. We can't we can't deny it. Sixteen straight. Dallas Stars games uh, have gone over the total in the second period, and it just keeps on coming through. You know, so you yeah. get plus one ten right now at FanDuel for both teams to score second period. It's pregame, yeah. so I, I may I may just grab that now because that plus one ten may not be available, uh, especially if we get the both teams to score and first period over cashing in. You may not be able to grab that live. So so if you have FanDuel, you can grab that both teams to score in the second period plus one ten. I'll be adding that to my card. Absolutely, yeah, both of us. I mean, we're just riding this thing till it uh, till it till it comes to an end at this point with the Dallas Stars second period overs, which have again now cashed in sixteen straight uh, Dallas Stars games. Um, and look, we've been good with these team total over two and a half bets lately on these underdogs. Look at uh, Calgary uh, on Saturday in the Battle of Alberta. We had over two and a half with their team total. It hits. I took Columbus yesterday. I think Alex kind of liked it as well. Columbus team total over two and a half against the Rangers. I was on that. Yep, as an underdog, and it came through. You got to look that. That's why I find these underdog spots. The you know, yes, we, the money line's good, and, and maybe to take a shot, but I find it sometimes even more trustworthy just to ask them to get to three goals. And certainly, uh, Flames Saturday, Jackets yesterday, uh, we found those underdogs that we thought were live and took their team total over two and a half, and kind of feel that way about the Islanders here tonight with their team total over two and a half tonight, minus 135. I do That will be in my pocket as well here in this game tonight. Brett, what do you think, Islanders stars? Yeah, the only thing I've played so far is that is that draw with uh, the Islanders three out of the last five, Dallas two out of the last five, and both the last head-to-head matches matchups also went to overtime. So I kind of stayed away from the goal totals. Um, it kind of trends towards – the under historically, but I can see with these spots, it, it go kind of going haywire. So I'm just maybe going to wait and see what happens uh, during the first period to see if there's any live opportunities. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Wyatt Johnston is worth a look again. He scored uh, what ended up being the uh, game winner for Dallas against uh, Carolina uh, the other night. So keep that in mind. Although he's, uh, even though he's on the third line with Ben and Stankov and those new lines worked uh, Pavelski, Hinson, Robertson, Pete DeBoer kind of shook it up last game. Marchment, Duchesne, and Ty Delandry is up to the second line. So keep an eye on him. Maybe the little value for him now that he's up to the uh, second line. And for the New York Islanders, really the one that continues to be the one that stands out is Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson, you know, has been uh, one of the catalysts lately here for the uh, Islanders. All right, we've got a big game here. Huge points on the board. L.A. Kings, Edmonton Oilers, uh, rematch of each of the last two, of course, first-round series the last two years. Uh, both of them won, of course, by the Oilers. Edmonton minus 160, home favorite, six and a half the total. Remember, these teams just played in L.A. Recently, it was the first game for Jim Hiller taking over for a dismissed Todd McClellan, and it was the Kings playing a really good hockey game, no question. So uh, you're talking about uh, minus – uh, 160 here with an Edmonton team that's just struggling right now. Uh, the 16-game winning streak, if you look at any Oiler fan on Twitter, you wouldn't know that they were on a 16-game win streak a few weeks ago. Uh, all It's doom and gloom again and worry and panic and concern uh, all over Oiler fans right now, and I can't blame them right now. Their 5-on-5 five five play has been pretty bad. They're not scoring enough 5-on-5. Five five. They're atrocious in their defensive play at 5-on-5 five five lately. So all of a sudden here, we've got a Edmonton team that they've got to try to try to get this defense and goaltending back on track because you go back to when the streak was snapped against Vegas, 
This team has given up at least three goals in every game since. And in the last three games, all of them losses for Edmonton on this three-game skid, they have given up 16 goals in their last three games combined. So they have lost their way in their own end, uh, and they've got to try to shore this up. The good news is L.A. might be a team where you might be able to do that because, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, it's still a team that's right now most of their wins, they've been 2-1, 2-1. They did have a 5-1 win against uh, Columbus. Um, but other than that, a lot of their wins have been of the 2-1, 3-2 variety. So we'll see if the uh, Oilers can get the uh, ship righted here in this game, but I got to see it before I believe it. Uh, L.A. Uh, right now, 5-1 and one in their last six games. Uh, the overall record since Jim Hiller's been behind the bench for this uh, L.A. Kings team is 6-2 and two, uh, in the eight games since he's taken over behind the bench. So, you know, in, in this spot here, you look at it with L.A., they're the team in better form right now. They're getting a nice price. I'm I'm, I'm looking at L.A. here in a small team total money line split uh, in this game with the uh, Oilers. Maybe this is a spot for the Oilers to get back on track, right the ship, uh, find their footing again. But I got to see it right now before I believe it. Right now I see a team that uh, if they're not scoring on the power play, they're not scoring at all. Uh, the five-on-five play has been dreadful. Defensively, it's been just uh, just as bad, if not worse, at even strength defensively as it's been offensively. Uh, you're going to go to Stuart Skinner in that tonight. Who is, and you notice the quiver in my voice when I said it that time. Skinner! Because he is struggling right now for this uh, Oilers team. Um, and on the other side, who are you going to get for the Kings? Hiller's been kind of deferring to David Riddick. Uh, he is uh, projected to be the starter tonight, although that is not confirmed. Um, it's just difficult for me to say, yeah, let's lay minus 160 with Edmonton right now. Simple as that. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Kings, Oilers. Yeah, so this is, uh, like I said, not one of my favorite draw plays on the board, but I grabbed it at plus 370. It's pretty automatic. <laughs> you got two division teams, same spot uh, as, as far as points go. Uh, obviously, with the back-and-forth battles that you, you've seen with these two teams, we've seen quite a few go to overtime. Even that you know, last game, we were on the betcast for that, that that Saturday. It was the Saturday before the Super Bowl. 2 nothing for the longest time heading into the third period, and it seemed like, well, we could get some goals and get this thing into uh, OT and end up uh, kind of pulling away. Like I said, you know, L.A. having that momentum on their side with that new coach bump. But Edmonton needs, uh, you know, to kind of steady the ship in the worst of ways. And like I said, with L.A., they're not quite back in my eyes. They're playing better hockey than they have been in the last, you know, two and a half to what, three and a half weeks, certainly. But I think this is going to be a, a kind of tough kind of playoff type feel. We're going to see a lot of penalties, a lot of hitting, a lot of physicality. And uh, I think this game goes past 60. So plus 370, I got that at FanDuel. Definitely want to shop around with that because I've seen a wide discrepancy with, with these draw prices for this particular game. I think a lot of people are kind of thinking division rivals, they're looking at the same kind of setup. So uh, this is drawing some money. So grab the best price possible in the draw at plus 370. All right, plus 370. Yeah, I know I've been on a lot of Oilers overs lately. I don't, I'm not feeling this one tonight. Uh, I'm not because, you know, LA's kind of gone the other way. They've been kind of going under. Uh, Edmonton's everything coming out of Edmonton camp is, you know, we got to worry on tightening up the details of our games. So it wouldn't shock me to see this. And remember, the last time LA played Edmonton, it was uh, four to nothing for uh, the Kings. Uh, and it was just in LA just recently uh, when these teams played each other. Uh, so keep that in mind. That game obviously stayed under the total. And I believe the head-to-head -head meeting before that, also in L.A. in December, was 3-2 Oilers in a shootout, which also stayed under. So 
That's why I'm not feeling it. We've had, we've had our fun with some Oilers overs, Minnesota, or not so much Minnesota, but the Calgary game. We saw the games before that. It was Dallas, Edmonton was an over, and there was another one, Arizona, Edmonton. You know, but it's also a bit of a product of who they were playing. Dallas, good offensive team, good pace. Arizona can't stop anybody right now. That was a product of me liking the over there. This is different. Edmonton wants to tighten up, and L.A. is more than willing to play that way as well. All right, what do you think here, Brett? Kings, Oilers. Yeah, everything you guys said. Uh, I'm on the small play on the draw. Um, I expect it to be, you know, Edmonton wanting to tighten up defensively. L.A. not wanting to get into a, to a track meet with, with Edmonton. So I'm not sure about the goals. One thing Alex called out, he expects to see a lot of penalties in this game. So I also am thinking that I'm on over one and a half power play goals at plus 136. Uh, that's hit in Alex cashed with against Minnesota on that's Friday night up. with Edmonton. Yep. Yep. So Edmonton's hit that six of the last seven games and uh, the Kings power play is just clicking right under 50% in the last five games. So if the game has a lot of penalties, I can see two power play goals total between both teams. So plus 136 on FanDuel for that. All right, I like it. Fogel, Perry, Edmonton, L.A. I, it, look, you're, you're right about Kopitar against the uh, Oilers. And look, Kopitar's had a bit of a you know, d- tough season. Tough season defensively. I'm not even talking offense anymore. Like even his defensive game, which has always been among the best in the league from its center, you know, he's had some d- glaring defensive breakdowns this year, which is just very uncharacteristic of him. But, yes, he has a pretty good track record in the past against the uh, Kings. But I like Fiala because he continues to be, I think, the – the, at the moment, he's the uh, player up front for the L.A. Kings that's doing the most damage uh, as far as offense. So those would be the props I would be targeting in that one. All right, the fourth and final game for this Monday night slate, Boston Bruins, Seattle Kraken. As Boston continues their trip out west, uh, we've got the uh, Bruins minus 145 road favorites, uh, five and a half the total uh, in this game. It's been a pretty arduous, grueling road trip here for Boston uh, so far. Uh, they played uh, the three uh, Western Canadian teams. They went one and two, although they did get points in all three games and all of them going past regulation. Six, five win at Edmonton, that crazy game on TNT last Wednesday. They go to Calgary the very next night. They lose an overtime three, two, and then the Canucks down two nothing rally and come from behind to beat Boston three, two in overtime on Saturday. So uh, it's been a, a very hotly contested road trip so far. Every game's been a barn burner here for the Bruins against the Oilers, Flames, and Canucks. And now they go to Seattle. Oh, this is an interesting handicap. Boston's the better team. You feel like Boston off two overtime losses bounces back. They also lost at home 4-1 to one to Seattle uh, at the TD Garden just a couple weeks ago when Seattle was out there. So a revenge spot for the Bruins. I don't know. I don't feel great about laying the number with Boston in this particular spot. I don't think I can trust Seattle. I was so disappointed with them against Minnesota. That spot was ripe for them. Yeah. Take advantage of a wild team coming in on a back to back, and they shit the bed. Let's 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 call it for what it, what it was. They did. They absolutely shit the bed in two points they needed against a team that they're battling with in the playoff race, and they get just absolutely you know rolled at home five to two by the Minnesota Wild. So. That's not exactly – you're playing a team that's better than you right now, even with Boston's up-and-down play lately, and a Boston team that lost to you at home. You know, early, So you know Boston's probably coming to play, but I don't love laying the price. Um, I'm off Seattle now after losing with them against Minnesota the other night. But what I am on is the draw. 
we have to ride with it. Uh, right now, it's been uh, overtime shootout city for the Boston Bruins. Five straight Bruins games have gone past regulation. That's five straight, as in five consecutive. And you do not see that very often. Five straight games for the Boston Bruins have gone past regulation. Six of the last seven Bruins games have gone past regulation. And I think we've got a chance to see OT here in this game as well. And it's worth noting the two visits to uh, Climate Pledge Arena for the Boston Bruins in the past. They won 6-5 in regulation last year and 3-2 in overtime the year before. So one game did go past regulation in Seattle with these two teams, and the other one almost did, 6-5 to five last year in regulation. So clear draw spot for years truly here, Bruins and Kraken. Uh, Alex, Boston, Seattle. Yeah, well, like I said, we're automatically riding this uh, Bruins with the draw. Uh, you know, hope, hoping to keep this thing going for a little bit. And Seattle, like I said, very disappointing how, how they played uh, on Saturday. Uh, I thought for sure that was going to be a much tighter, closer game. And they had tons and tons of opportunity, but then they kept shooting themselves in the foot, uh, taking a lot of dump penalties. So this is another game. Uh, I'm going to look at that, you know, same play that, uh, you know, was mentioned earlier with the one and a half in the first, uh, or no, well, first period over, I will be, but one and a half power play goals in the game uh, to go along with the over trifecta. I have first period over one and a half. I got that minus a dollar ten earlier today. I have over five and a half minus a dollar fifteen, and I have both teams to score plus one seventy five. I think we see goals back and forth here. I think this is going to be a, a very fun contest, and I think this one does get past regulation. I could see this one even going, like I said, not just overtime, maybe even into the shootout. Uh, so this is one where over trifecta works, over one and a half power play goals. Uh, and also the draw, and there's a uh, player prop that I'll be talking about a little bit here in this contest as well. Uh, I agree with you. The first period over, in particular, yeah, this could. You know what? As far as the uh, as far as the over trifecta, look, it's five and a half. As far as the full game total, uh, and that's you know it's a discount. Uh, there's no question about. It. I'm pretty sure one of these teams uh, right now is on a pretty good stretch as far as, uh, first period overs right now. I think Boston in particular, let me just uh, see both teams uh, seven and three last two. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I knew that's why that yeah, first period over, I do like, uh, here, uh, when it comes to this, but, uh, uh, full game over. Yeah. I mean, it's only five and a half. I could see it slowing down, but again, it's five and a half. You're not dealing with six and a half here. Uh, you could still definitely see this one, maybe getting uh, up and over the total. Plus, you know, this has been a very, very compressed schedule. For the Boston Bruins, they have played a lot of games on this road trip, fatigue setting. And remember, they're still banged up on that blue line with Forbert and Lindholm out. I think the good news, though, is uh, I believe tonight they're going to have, because uh, Matt Grizzlick also got hurt earlier on the road trip, but it looks like uh, Matt Grizzlick's good to go tonight. So that does help. Still, this has been a lot of games. You could see maybe a little bit sloppy in the defensive zone. And we know Seattle had a hard time uh, defensively against Minnesota uh, the other night in that 5-2 to two loss. Uh, against the uh, Wild, so and if they don't shore that up. There might be a case for goals here in this game tonight. What do you think here in this one, uh, Brett? Boston, Seattle. Yeah, I've got a couple things here. Like you guys called out, I mean, you can't ignore the the five game streak. Uh, Boston's on with the overtime. Six out of last seven. Ironically enough, the only one of the six uh, that did not go that that did not hit overtime in the six out of seven was against Seattle. So I'm on. Uh, I'm actually on Boston. I got at minus one thirty six. I'm also on Boston's team total over three and a half at plus one thirty five. In addition to the first period over, like you guys called out. 
All right, good stuff there indeed. Uh, as far as props for this game, you know, I do think there's some uh, decent uh, options right here as far as uh, player props go. I, there's one that stands out here. It looks like uh, Anthony uh, Richard is going to end up going up to the uh, top line here tonight for the Boston Bruins. Keep an eye on this. Playing with uh, Coyle and Marshawn. Coyle now up to the top line. I think Charlie Coyle, keep an eye on him. He's been playing pretty good on this uh, road trip for the uh, Bruins. Now he's on the top line. Pasternak, Zaka, DeBrusque, now currently making up the second line for uh, Boston. And then for Seattle, look, he's. it was a great situation when I backed him to score a goal when they went to Boston uh, early uh, just a couple weeks ago. Seattle cracking, and that's Matty Beneers. This is not the same, but I think I'm still going to go with Matty Beneers tonight. Uh, against uh, Boston, clearly a team I'm sure he grew up watching uh, quite a bit, Massachusetts kid. Uh, I thought it was a stronger bet when they went to Boston, but I'm still going to look toward uh, Matty Beneers tonight for Seattle. And, yeah, if you're going to look at anyone, Nick, for uh, Seattle outside of Beneers right now, it's got to be Jared McCann. You know, he has literally been carrying uh, the Seattle Kraken, you know, at the offensive end here, these recent games, goals, assists, points, anything you can find. Right now with uh, Jared McCann, probably a good uh, player prop option. All right, great stuff. That is the Monday card. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. A reminder, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. Daily sides, totals, and player props posted there each and every day. Goalie charts, totals charts. Uh, and, of course, we've got tons of bonus video content. We're going to have more exclusive Patreon live betcasts in March and beyond as well. So if you're not signed up already, Make sure you get there and become a Patreon member. Your $10 per month subscription goes a long way to keeping this show going for the long term. So sign up at patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 per month. Uh, it was a very good betting card for the two of us yesterday. So if you saw it on the Patreon page, uh, you were reward, rewarded for sure. And again, tomorrow <clears throat> night, it is a great night of hockey. This is going to be one hell of a bet cast tomorrow night. Tuesday, February 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's a chock full of great games on paper on the Tuesday night slate tomorrow. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Again, DM or email uh, me or Alex for a spot on the BetCast, uh, and we will definitely uh, send you uh, the link for the BetCast uh, before it begins. So, again, very much looking forward to that uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, February 27th, uh, Ice Guys Live BetCast. This is a free-for-all BetCast, obviously, not a Patreon-only one, so make sure you join us. It's going to be a great uh, bet cast tomorrow night. Lots of great games. We're definitely looking forward to that. Oh, one more prop on the Boston-Seattle game. Morgan Geeky, you're right. Former Seattle Kraken, now playing for the Boston Bruins. That's an angle we like, so Morgan Geeky. I'd probably put him in the player prop mix for this Bruins and Kraken game tonight as well. Last but not least, make sure you check out the store. Get the gear. Get the merch. Tons available there. Iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, you got four days left to save 20% off of your orders. Uh, just go to the Iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Click on the redeem button at the top of the page. Add everything to your cart, and you'll get 20%, 20% off of your entire order. That is over right now at Iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, good stuff. And just to confirm, as Dave asks in the chat, the BetCast tomorrow is public, free for all. It's uh, available to anyone. You don't have to be a Patreon member to uh, tune in and join us uh, on the BetCast uh, tomorrow night. All right, we will have Bargain Bin Special of the Night and Best Bets coming right up right after we hear from our great daily sponsor of the Ice Guys show, our friends at Boston and Amy. <laughs> 
All right, Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out. And again, you can get 20% off any order on the website using the promo code ICEGUYS at bostonhempinc.com. Uh, and yes, Alex, great to point that out. You're right. Patreon subscribers do get first dibs on joining us on the stream. So uh, make sure you are aware of that. But anyone can watch. Anyone can join us. Capacity, as long as the capacity is there. All right, bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Where, where are you going to the bargain bin tonight? Yeah, heading out to the great Pacific Northwest. We got that battle with Boston and Seattle. That should be a really fun one. I'm expecting goals back and forth in that contest. And uh, one guy who's been heating up, scored uh, goals in back-to-back games. He has points in three games as well. Vince Dunn uh, for the Seattle Kraken. I'm taking a shot with him to go over one-and-a-half points plus 320. That's available at points bet and shop around find that a couple others. Uh, I do like him to get a goal, so I will have a little bit of that in pocket, which that's also plus 600. So you can kind of split this up. But uh, Vince Dunn, I'm targeting him goal plus 600 and also one-and-a-half points plus 320. So either one of those you can take uh, within the bargain bin range tonight. My play is for tonight in the bargain bin. It's a good choice. That's a good choice. Vince Dunn is someone that last year – just broke onto the scene at a huge season offensively from the blue line for this Seattle team this year, still got, you know, 42 points uh, in 53 uh, games, but lately it's what he's been doing two straight games with a goal, uh, three points in the last three games as well. So uh, definitely starting to really heat up from that blue line producing offensively for Seattle. So there you go. Vince Dunn plus 600 and over one and a half points at a plus price. Uh, either or for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Brett, what have you got, if anything, for bargain bin tonight? I'm going to the same game on the other side, and I'm going to go with Charlie uh, Charlie Coyle moving up to the first line for Boston, plus 320 on FanDuel. Good choice. I like it. Charlie Coyle, Boston Bruins, plus 320 uh, for uh, Brett Skalski with his bargain bin special of the night. And mine is going to be, and I mentioned him earlier, and it's a little bit risky because he's a defenseman. But, hey, defensemen can score goals. And we're talking about a guy that has scored uh, goals now in uh, each of the last three games for this team. And uh, he's uh, certainly playing with great confidence. And I think because people have kind of lambasted his play and the fact he's been injured and he's you know, not always played like the defenseman they thought he would be earlier in his career, that I think he's got some chip on his shoulder right now to prove the doubters and the naysayers wrong. We're going to take Thomas Shabbat for the Ottawa Senators. Let's hope for a little Shabbatawa uh, action here tonight for the uh, Senators that he can find the back of the net plus 460 uh, at Batano. We're talking about a guy, again, that has scored in three straight games now for the Ottawa Senators. It's always a little risky when you're talking about a defenseman to keep a goal scoring uh, consecutive game goal scoring streak going, but we will take that chance tonight with Thomas Shabbat for the Ottawa Senators, plus 460 uh, at Batano uh, for my bargain bin special uh, of the night. All right, best bets. Uh, Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going to – wow, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, we're going to go with the same game, Boston-Seattle. First period over, one and a half, minus $1.10. Uh, like I said both teams have been trending hot, seven and three in their last ten games. And like I said, I expect goals in this one. So let's hope, uh, let's hope Vince Dunn. And uh, Charlie Coyle can get those two goals in the first period, and we all can be happy with uh, with our wins and our bargain bins as well. But best bet, Seattle and Boston, first period over, minus one and a half, uh, minus ten. That's my best bet. All right, Boston, Seattle, over one and a half, minus 110, first period. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Brett Skalski, next up, what do you got tonight for uh, best bet? 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to stay on the West Coast as well, but I'm going to go to the Edmonton-LA game. I'm looking forward to watching this game, and I'm going to take my over one-and-a-half power, power play goals at plus 136. All right, I like it. A player prop best bet here for uh, Brett Kings Oilers. Power play, power play. Over one-and-a-half power, power play goals. Play goals. Yeah, plus 136. Uh, I, I like it. Not player prop, but game prop, I should say. Game prop. Yeah, game prop. There we go. A prop, best bet. There we go. Uh, over one and a half power play goals plus 136. Kings Oilers uh, for Brett with his best bet for this Monday card. My best bet, hey, it's been a while. Uh, and, and look, totals are long-term in this sport. My specialty, it's what I do better with. It's been a while since I've had a side uh, for a best bet. But I have a side tonight. We're going with those Ottawa Senators, even with the price climbing a little bit. Uh, I got in at minus 120. Shop around. You can find as low as minus 132 on Ottawa. Leo Vegas is minus 132, minus 135 at BetMGM and DraftKings, minus 132 at Bet Rivers as well. So there are still a couple prices out there below minus 140. Love the way the Senators are playing right now. Washington off a tough, hard-fought loss to the Florida Panthers. Playing that team always takes a little bit out of you with the intense forechecking and physical play that the Panthers play with. Could be a tricky spot for Washington to bring their best against a surging Ottawa team. Let's go with Ottawa here. Minus 132 against Washington uh, for my best bet for this Monday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, Brett Skalski, thanks to Ray Bryce earlier for joining us as well. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will see you for a huge Tuesday daily show and betcast tomorrow on the Ice Guys. 